Come on in. Welcome to our class on After the Storm, a class on addiction and impurity. Uh, my name is Adam Smith. I lead the Dallas Forward Singles Ministry. And we, have a, we have an incredible ministry of brothers here, and I have the privilege of, of serving them. And two of the brothers that are in our ministry are actually speaking today. So you won't hear a lot of me today. I brought my friends. I brought my friends. Hey, wait, why is there clapping right there? Wait a minute. Um, but uh, I brought my friends who are experts in this area, very talented uh, guys. we got Taylor Sanford, who's going to be speaking first, and then Preston Whitehurst. And I would ask that you guys be a, a great audience for them today. Uh, they're going to be sharing some uh, very personal things about their lives. Uh-oh. And, uh, <laughs> you got that memo, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> they're going to be sharing some being vulnerable, which, you know, we men, we love to be vulnerable. But they're going to be uh, sharing yeah. things about their lives and also making some uh, some great practicals and points. Here's uh, a handout for you as you go along, and we'll also have the PowerPoint uh, going. Uh, but before we, uh, before we start, let me just say a little prayer. Father, thank you so much that, that we as men, we have the opportunity to grow in your name, Father. That we can grow, that we can be righteous before you. That no matter what we've done in our past, no matter what we've been working through, you are the healer. You are the transformer. You can change our lives in radical ways. Father, I pray that you be with Taylor and Preston here today as they, they teach us how to be more like your son, Father, and how to grow and how to change. And I appreciate the men here who are wanting to, wanting to change, who are wanting to battle it out and grow and learn. Father, thank you for all your blessings. In Christ's name, amen. amen. So guys, without any uh, further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce these guys. And they're going to talk about themselves when they're up here, so we're not going to give like Huge introductions here, uh, but please welcome Taylor Sanford on up here. Right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Right. Hey guys, how's everybody doing? Good, good. I like how Adam introduced me as an expert on alcohol addiction. That's good, that's good. Um, so my name is Taylor Sanford. I am a disciple in the Southwest. Um, I live in Keller, but basically I'm just right where, like, Fort Worth. That's where I'm from. And uh, so I was asked today just to go a little bit over my story. And um, let's just say I grew up in a great family. Uh, there was a lot of love there. Uh, my dad made money, and I never really needed for anything. Um, but when I was 14 years old, I found out about alcohol. I mean, we all hear about it and stuff. Um, but, you know, I started going to parties, and when I started going to parties, I realized that alcohol was kind of the focal point, or at least it was for me. That's just always what my eyes kind of were, were drawn to. And I remember when I first started drinking, there was definitely a change, like with me. It changed the way I felt, changed the way I thought, and for me, I thought that um, I was more handsome. I was funnier when I was drinking, and I was just, I was the focal point of the party, and people like to be that guy, or at least I did. Uh, but I would make mistakes, I would do very dumb things, not good things. I would uh, hurt people, 
and the next morning you would get, you know, text messages. And I remember I would have so many regrets seeing my phone the next morning. And all my head hurts. Ooh, I don't want to know what that phone's going to say. I just don't. Because it's going to be like, when did you leave? How did you drive home? All that stuff. I remember looking at my, uh, outside my door just to see, is my car going to be there? You know, or is it at a bar or is it on somebody's lawn? Because, um, you know, in some situations it, it was. Um, it started out normal. Like, I just drank socially. Everybody was watching the football game. I had a couple of beers. But for me, once I had the first beer, my mind immediately went to the second one. And, like, we might be having a conversation. We enjoy talking to each other. And that's great, and I like to talk to you. But all I can think about is having that second one. And if you're going to judge me, then I'm going to wait till you leave, and then I'm going to finish that bottle. Because that's just, that's, that's what my body wanted to do. And uh, I started drinking every day, and it got bad to where I had these terrible hangovers. Like, it's just, you, you can't move. It's, it's bad. You get the shakes. And uh, I had a bottle of vodka that was underneath my bed, which was easy for me because you'd wake up, you'd roll over, grab the bottle, and you'd start going. Mm. And what was good for that is that's, that would be my whole day. So I would just drink the entire day, and I did that for years, um, like all the way till I was 25. And that brings us to uh, one particular day I was drinking at Buffalo Wild Wings. For about nine hours. I don't know why I said the place. Like, I'm not trying to endorse them or anything. <laughs> they hand me a check later. Um, but, like, so I, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was there for nine hours, which sounds like a long time, but for me, you know, that's just, you watch a couple of games, you stay there. So I was at the bar for nine hours, and then I drove home. Uh, I was driving from Louisville to Denton, so you get on the highway. And I thought that I took the exit to, like, the side road, but apparently I drove 500 feet on a railroad track. And I'm yeah, I like that look. And I'm driving, like, on the railroad track, and, of course, I totaled my car. All four tires blow out, you know, but the alcoholic of me is I'm still driving. Like, my tires are busted, but you see sparks just flying. Um, guy pulls over immediately, sees that I'm drunk. Um, it's... It's all railroad tracks, so it's like five feet up. So when I open my car door, I fall out of my car. My glasses are like this. I got mud on my face. Uh, he calls the cops. I called my dad because I'm a scared kid. So my dad comes out, and the cop comes up to me. I'm walking up to him. Glasses like this, dirt on my face, cars behind me on railroad tracks. And the, and the cop goes, so you've been drinking tonight? And I said, yeah, I had one beer. <laughs> just, uh, just one beer. So I got arrested uh, right in front of my father uh, that night, and I know that sounds horrible. It, it sounds terrible, and at the time, yeah, it was. But today, I'm so grateful that all that happened, because what I didn't say was for the six months before that event, I didn't want to drink anymore. But for some reason, every single day, I kept drinking. I kept going to my addiction. I didn't want to do it, but I did. Um, so that day was when I started to go to AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, and, uh, you know, I didn't have God in my life. I didn't want to deal with God because I thought that that was judgment. I thought that this was somebody that knew all the terrible things I did and didn't want me involved. But when I started going to AA, that was their biggest thing, was you need to realize you have a problem, right? I mean, they don't, they don't yell at you or anything, but they say, you know, you should acknowledge your problem, and then the only person that can keep you sober is a higher power. 
which is God. God's the only one that could keep me sober. Um, today I have been sober for uh, two and a half years. Thank you. And when I was sober for one year, I was a bartender at Logan's in Louisville. And I know that's funny because I was bartending while I was getting sober. Uh, I know that's silly, but like today I can say, you know, I don't care what job you have. You can get over your addiction. You know, if I was a bartender and I was recovering from alcohol, you can do anything. Um, but a server at that restaurant was named Dan Bowling. And this guy was an amazing guy. He was nice to me. Uh, and more importantly, he was a good man. Like, I could tell that he was a great father, and he constantly reached out to me. And uh, so he asked me if I wanted to get to know God better, and I thought that was the most amazing thing anybody asked me to do. Like, you're going to take time out of your day, because he's got kids, to study the Bible with me? So that was great. So um, I became a disciple March uh, 29th last year. So that's, that's just the quick background. I just want to show you guys, you know, where I'm coming from. Because there are some, you know, cool topics and some fun stuff that we can go over. So um, I think there was a sheet that was passed out. And one of the main things I want to talk about is problems, you know. Do you wonder if you have a problem? And I'm going to say this right now because I, I do help other people uh, recover from alcoholism. Um, or at least I, I guide them. And uh, one of the biggest things is not a lot of normal drinkers wonder if they're, not, they're an alcoholic. So if you, you know, think like, oh, I got drunk again, maybe I do have a problem. Well, there, there might be something there. And not just drinking, if that's drugs or if that's purity, you know, if, if you start to think that you might have a problem, then it, it might really help you to just talk to somebody about it, you know, be open. Um, if you can no longer control your intake. And for me, that was a big thing. Just like I said earlier, once I had that one beer, my mind mentally goes to the first thing. And that can be everything else, whether that's painkillers, you know, do you control how much you take, or do you, you can tell that your body wants more than what you're supposed to have. Um, you know, does it affect others? For me, of course, getting arrested in front of my father, you could tell that there were some broken relationships there. And what's great through uh, programs is I got to make amends to my father, and I got to sit down with him and just be a man about it. You know, apologize for everything I did. Is there anything I can do uh, to make it better for you? And for him, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, what, whatever this is that you have going, please just keep going with this. And that was the best thing for me to ever hear. Um, in 1956, alcoholism was declared a disease by the medical board. Um, I like to put that out there just because I, I like to, you know, discuss with people that, you know, addicts and alcoholics, we are different, you know, mentally and physically. Doctors will agree with you if you ever talk about that. So if sometimes you think that you are different, you know, you might be with, with certain things. And it's okay. You just need to talk to people about it, you know. And I'm going to be the first one to say this. You're not the only one suffering with it. Whatever your addiction is, you are not the only one. Um, so here's some cool points that I want to talk about. Resentments are the number one offender. You'll hear that in meetings all the time. Uh, basically what that means is I cannot stay in anger. I cannot allow myself to be upset with anybody for a long period of time. just can't do it because anger drives me right back out. It's done it to me in the past. Um, you know, I pray for myself. Uh, in the beginning of sobriety, I did. I had to just say, God, please just keep me sober today. That was the first 30 days of sobriety. And I'll tell you right now, God's shooting 100%. Every time that I've asked God to keep me sober, he's done it. Um, 
And then, you know, what is AA, what is NA, and what is Al-Anon? Al-Anon is one of my f- favorite things to talk about because not a lot of people know what it is. So if you have a father who's an alcoholic, if you have a brother, a sister, you know, somebody who constantly goes to jail for narcotics or something like that, um, Al-Anon is just somewhere you go that there's other people there that suffer from the exact same thing where, you know, they have a father that maybe was abusive and he was an alcoholic or something like that, but you, you talk about it. You have a family, you have, you know, and in the body as well, because we, we have people who suffer from the same thing. We have family members, stuff like that. And, um, okay, so I, I think I talked about this before the meeting a little bit, but uh, we're going to go over topics, and this shouldn't make me smile, but it kind of does, accidentally getting drunk. The only reason why this makes me smile is because it is something that I hear from brothers, um, you know, every now and then, you know, oh, I accidentally got drunk. And I, I get that because I would have one beer and just think that's all I was having. Well, that's lying to myself. That's, for me personally, that's lying to myself. I'm not having just one beer. But if you are upset about something, if you're angry, if you're trying to get over, over something and you grab alcohol and it's like your fix, then, you know, you should know at that point when you're reaching for alcohol that you're replacing God. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah and, and that's just a big deal. Families and friends that are dealing with, uh, you know, abusing drugs and alcohol, that's kind of where just talk to people. And, you know, uh, I will put my phone number up there later, and I would love to talk to anybody that, you know, is dealing with something personally or, you know, have friends or family that's doing it. Because um, I, I know exactly what that's like. And then multiple kinds of addiction. Uh, oh, well, quick, if I can say a joke. So a friend of mine goes to... I like how I asked permission to, to sell a joke. But first, can I please tell a joke? So, so this guy goes to uh, Gamblers Anonymous, right? He walks up there, and uh, the guy who was sitting down comes up to him and says, uh, Do you have a problem with gambling? And the guy goes, No. And the other guy goes, You want a bet? <laughs> oh, I love that joke. It's too good. It's too good, guys. Y'all don't think it's funny, but I think it's hilarious. I love that joke. I love that joke. Um, but no, I just brought that up because uh, there's a lot of different addictions out there. Okay, there's um, you know there's gambling, there's purity. Uh, if you at any point think that y- you can't control it, that is an addiction. Um, ooh, this is a good one. Weed. Uh, is a great subject because it's starting to become legal in like a lot of states out there. And I don't know if weed's going to be illegal in Texas, but definitely could be, right? Uh, one time, or every now and then, I hear people say weed's not addictive. That's hilarious to me. Uh, this is a room full of men, so everybody knows who Josh Gordon is, probably. He's a wide receiver for the NFL. This man made millions of dollars. This is the job of his life, to be an NFL player. He couldn't stop smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any sane person would have stopped at the, the first or second time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is your career. This is what you want to do for the rest of your life. He just couldn't stop smoking weed. That man has an addiction with marijuana, you know? And a lot of people, friends of mine personally, they have problems with marijuana. And the thing is that they won't admit it. And not until they admit they have a problem can that really start. You know, uh, people call me an alcoholic most of my life, but they didn't do anything until I realized that I had a problem that I need to change. That's when that's when things started getting better for me. Um, now, I, I know we talked about problems, but what I like to do on a daily basis is stay in the solutions. 
So I talked about, you know, addiction and stuff like that, but what can we do about it? And the number one thing is step one, uh, which makes sense, right? Number one, step one, um, which is admitting that you have a problem. Admitting that, you know, this is serious. Uh, drinking's a sin. Doing drugs is a sin. You know, I, I, I need to be open about this. And then it's openness. And uh, all of my close and personal friends know that I have a problem with drinking. Drugs as well, but drinking's all around me, you know, usually. So it's just good to have them know if I'm uncomfortable, I, I, need, to, I need to start being open about it, you know. And, and I, I can't. I'm a grown man, and sometimes I feel like I can't be open about it, but it's totally normal for me to be like, hey, this situation, I'm just not comfortable. I'm going to leave the bar right now. I'll meet up with you all later. Um, and then work with others that have similar problems. And I said on a regular basis. Um, I am constantly reaching out to people who have drug addictions, alcohol problems. Um, I do go to AA meetings. Um, I know there's CCR here. Um, it's just working, you know, and talking with brothers. You know, just get out there, talk about your addiction, talk about your problem. Talk to your leaders, because they understand. And they might know people in the body who suffer from the same problem. And that might be an amazing relationship for you in the future. Um, and then think of others, because that's great, to so listen to other people's problems, because that can get me out of myself. Um, daily reprieve, I think a lot of brothers know that in here, where it's, you know, towards the end of the day, you think about your days and what were some problems that I did, what can I change to make better. Um, and then in conclusion, guys, uh, a lot of brothers in here have the ability to relate with others. You know, we, we suffer from, not all of us suffer from addictions, right? But we can probably relate to others, and we can hear their problems, and we can be encouraging to them. Um, you know, uh, we can mend broken relationships. I know that that's happened with me in my life. Um, you know, I have an amazing relationship with my parents now. I'm not a bartender anymore. That's kind of cool. Like, I have, like, a good job, so that's all right. Um, I have an amazing girlfriend I'm dating, so that's cool. Um, and also, when we talk about open, she knows all my past. And she still dates me, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, if we work hard, um, we can better ourselves, and that's a personal goal for me. Um, I know that's not uh, out of the Bible or anything, but uh, speaking of that, there were some things I wanted to go over. Um, yeah, at the very beginning, uh, I want to go over First Peter 5, 7, where it says, Cast all your anxiety onto him, because he cares for you. Um, I had to do that because I thought I was doing this by myself. Um, that's, just, that's just me. I thought I could solve all my problems. I can. God can. Um, and then real quick, First uh, Peter 4, 10 through 11, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks for the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through, through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, and to the power forever and ever. Amen. And I just wanted to go over that, guys, because, um, you know, you can regret your past, you can regret having you know, problems that we have to go through, because they're not always fun. But maybe that's going to help you in the future. You know, you, you did have that struggle. Maybe you can relate to a brother later on, you know. I, I know I can relate to brothers with drinking, drugs, you know, any, anything along those lines. 
So it's just it's good to it's good to just be open about it, guys. And uh, thank you so much for letting me speak. And it's just glad to be here. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Taylor. Um, I appreciate Taylor just sharing, um, just being vulnerable about about his life, you know, and his struggles and his addictions. Because I think we all, at, at some level, all of us, I think what, certainly women included, we all have we all have addictions. You know, whether it is alcohol, whether it's purity, what I'm talking about, or it's illicit drug use, or hey, maybe it's even I'm, I'm addicted to caffeine. Um, you know, being real about that. But um, so I'm going to be talking about um, purity. Um, kind of the addiction that goes along with that, and uh, I, I chose. Oh, there's my slide. So I've got a couple slides. I, I chose this scripture in, in Psalm 119:9. It says, "How can a young man? How can a young person stay on the path of purity? How can a young man keep his ways pure by living according to your word?" And I really just want to um, kind of start off with the scripture to let you guys know that it's not. We, we need to be using the entire Bible uh, to help us out with our with our purity. Um, it's not a um, you know, a one-stop one fix. We're looking at one scripture that's going to change our life. It needs to be a lifestyle where we know God's word, all of God's word, and we're living it out. Um, and so I've got a lot of scripture in here, um, and so hopefully you guys can keep up. But um, my name is Preston, um, and I am in the Dallas ministry um, in the East. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Um, I got my email up here. If you guys uh, want these slides, you're, you're more than welcome to email me for them. Um, but I wanted to give you a little background on myself. Um, I'm someone who uh, has been addicted to pornography and impurity uh, since I was 11 years old uh, as a kid, and that's, that's lasted all the way up until uh, I was 27. Um, and so I've actually, uh, as of, I guess maybe as of this last, maybe this month, uh, I've been six months sober um, from going to that. Uh, so it's been, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. It's been freeing, and I, I definitely don't want to go back. Um, but I want to hopefully help encourage you guys and give you some good scriptures and, and pointers and, and show you things that have helped me and continue to help me. Because um, it's something for me that continued on even after I became a disciple. Um, it's just it's one of those things that I think for me for a while it became, you know, month. You know, I do well for a month and then I'd fall, and then I do you know well for another month and I'd fall. It was just kind of this cycle that I couldn't I couldn't get out of. Um, but God's finally freed me from that, uh, which has been awesome. Um, and I put these pictures up here. Um, I, a little bit about me, I'm, I'm someone who tends to be introspective, uh, so kind of a thinker. I'm also someone who's uh, glass half empty, um, kind of negatively minded. I don't know if anyone else out there is like that. Um, and then I put this picture of a rabbit, uh, looking down a rabbit hole, because I, I tend, the way I tend to study scripture, some of the best studies that I've had, personal studies, is I start with one scripture and then I kind of just, I find myself somewhere else. I kind of fall, as, I go down this rabbit hole of, Looking at different scriptures, so um, yeah, we've got lots of scriptures to look at. So um, hopefully, um, one or a couple of them will resonate with y'all. Um, but okay, so the next slide. Um, so my outline will hit three main points. Uh, I want to talk about uh, understanding. I think it's incredibly important to understand who you are. Um, also to to see, you know, how, how does God see me uh, in our understanding. Uh, number two. Uh, humility is incredibly important. Just seeing the need for for being open, being vulnerable with one another, uh, with your brothers, and then uh, your need for others. Uh, how important that is. And then number three, uh, having that hope, that hope, of, that hope uh, to know that one, you're not alone, and, and two, we need to persevere. You know, because the end goal is heaven. Um, 
So the next slide. Um, who am I? Yeah, I think it really starts out with a, with a sober view of, you know, who am I before God? Uh, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I think we've, we've really got to uh, come to understand, and I, I think we... You know, I think we can. I guess we can do a good job in our, in our church about uh, knowing that man, we we are sinners and we're, we're in need of God's grace. Um, but I think it's important to, to start with that perspective um, as we work at overcoming this addiction. Um, and I think we really need to seek to understand who we are. Um, in Hosea Hosea four six it says, "My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge." And uh, this was the Israelites. They they weren't they weren't going after God. They weren't going after learning His law. Um, and I think in the same way, we've got to really understand who we are, you know, our roots, our, our you know, deep idols in our life. Um, we, need to, we, need to, we need to understand who we are um, so we can see our need for God and so we can change. You know, we can work on those things and we're not just cutting off branches or, you know, sins that we can see on the surface. Um, so I think, you know, really, you know, Proverbs 4, it talks really, you know, about going after understanding and wisdom. It says, get wisdom, that would cost all you have, get understanding. Um, and I think it's, it's encouraging as well in James 1.5, you know, God wants us to ask for wisdom. You know, he wants us, he wants us to understand ourselves. You know, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Uh, so this next slide here. So this is, uh, if any of you all uh, know psychology or heard of Sigmund Freud, um, this is kind of his, his perspective on uh, the human psyche, the uh, the personality, uh, you know, our personalities. I don't know that I agree with all of his points here, but I just I like the idea of the iceberg. You know, you've got the top, this this top portion that we we all can see. You know, kind of this this small part of the iceberg, and then underneath the surface, uh, this this is our, according to Freud, you know, our, our id is kind of our true self, our, our you know, our drive, our, our carnal sexual desires. Um, and I think it's really important to to understand um, who we are under the surface. You know, who is who is the real Preston? Who is the real Taylor? Um, you know, what are, what are these things that drive us? You know, is it is it a, is it a you know lust for control? You know, we want to we want to control we want to be in control, so we, we go after uh, impurity. We go after these other addictions, or is it you know is it insecurity? Are we trying to find our insecurity somewhere other than God? Um, and I think this is something that you know Satan really doesn't want us to know. He doesn't want us to know who we truly are, and he doesn't want us to see our need for God. Um, and I think. It's it's while it is hard, I think kind of to, to dig deep and find out who the real you is. I think it's something we really need to do um, to see our need for God and to really work on these these root sins and not just hack off branches. Um, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this later. Um, on the next slide, I uh, just wanted to give you all um, change up my slide here a little bit, but I want to talk about this book right here at the bottom. It's called Breaking Free: Understanding Sexual Addiction: The Healing Power of Jesus. Kind of a mouthful. But I will say, out of all the resources that I've, that I've used for, for purity, uh, this has been this has been the best one because um, it's really uh, it's it's helped me, and I, and I think it can it can help you as well in, in understanding uh, your your sexual addiction. Kind of go back to your childhood and, and you know some things that impacted your life um, earlier on, and, and really just to, to understand who you are and you know what your drives are and. And let that drive you to Jesus. Um, so for me, out of all of the resources that I've used, uh, this has been been the best one, um, I think. And I think one of the last ones that I read um, or looked into before, you know, really being sober for the last six months. Um, so it's a good resource. 
but I also want to touch on, so when we, when we go back to, when we think about that, when we think about the iceberg, um, just that top portion, and I think we really do need to, to cut off some of these, these actions and branches as well. Um, and in Matthew 5.30, uh, Jesus says, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Um, and, I, and I think it's important for each one of us to examine ourselves and figure out, okay, what are these things that are causing us to stumble? Yeah. Uh, for me personally, it was Facebook. Um, it was Facebook was something that I would, I would continue to time after time, you know, go to go to impurity. You know, kind of, it would be a gateway. Um, and so something for me, I just, you know, I guess it's been a couple years, but I just I had to cut it off. Um, there was a point where I moved down to a dumb phone that didn't have internet access because, um, yeah, it was just it was something that caused me to struggle. So I think, you know, everyone's different, but I want to encourage you all to find out what works for you. What works for me may not work for you. I mean, you may need to, I mean, Netflix may be something that like, oh man, it, you know, a, a temptation pops up when I, you know, when I scroll down Netflix and it leads me to something else. Like, I want to encourage you guys to cut it off because honestly, it's not worth going to hell over, over Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, over catch, on. catching up on your, you know, your favorite show or, you know, keeping in touch with your family and friends. Like, that's great. But it's not worth going to hell over. Right. Um, so yeah, that's my encouragement to y'all. Um, so the next slide, you know, how does God see me? I think this is just as important, um, especially for people who are like myself, who are who are negatively minded, kind of glass half empty. Um, I think uh, maybe a lot of us like tend to tend to beat up on ourselves, like when we do fall to impurity or we fall to whatever addiction. We, we can beat up on ourselves and, and just see ourselves as trash or as dust or dirt. Um, I think it's really important to keep keep his mindset of okay this is this is who God sees me as mm-hmm. you know Second Corinthians I think there's lots there's lots of scriptures in the Bible right. I'm sure that talk about it but you know, these are a couple here uh, it says therefore if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here mm-hmm. you know we're we're new creatures in Christ that's if you're a baptized disciple you know that's that's who God has made you to be is a new creation you don't have to live in in the way of impurity anymore. Um, you know, First Peter two. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Now you are the people of God. You know, this is this is who we are. We're special to God. We're a treasured possession. And I want to encourage you guys to to find scriptures um, that back this up, that that back up God's you know point of view of you of of who you are. Um, that that can that that could be encouraging. You know, when when you if and when you do fall, or you know, when you're when you're fighting this this struggle. Um, holding on to God's God's view of you, um, because you are loved. Yeah. You're loved by the body, but more importantly, you're loved by God. Yeah. Um, and so my my encouragement here is to fall in love with God. Mm-hmm. You know, find something, find some way that you personally connect with God, and run with it. Uh, I think for me, recently it's been prayer walks. Um, I've been walking in in my neighborhood where I grew up. I've, I've been walking with my sister's a little dog that I walk with, and. Um, yeah, I go on prayer walks. You know, I go to I go to this park that's got a creek that I used to play in as a kid, and you know, catch tadpoles and play Pokemon on Game Boy, and, and you know, just a, a place that I think it was a time like before all of this impurity happened that I can I can go to this place and uh, just hopefully connect with that, and and it just it takes me back to a, to a pure time. You know, when I can pray for purity specifically, God, give me purity. You know, give me pure thoughts, give me pure actions. Um, and yeah, so I, I think definitely try to connect with God on this level where you just you fall in love with God, and you don't want to go after these in, these impurities anymore. Um, next slide. Um, so point number two, 
Um, so after, you know, point number one is understanding. Number two, I think humility is, is something that's incredibly important. Um, I think it's, it's helped me out probably just about the most um, in this battle on impurity. And I know it's uncomfortable, but I think it's something that, well, God, one call, God calls us to do it, but I think it's something that's incredibly important to walk in the light. And in 1 John 1, it says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, Jesus, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we're being vulnerable and staying open with one another, two things happen here. We can have fellowship with one another, uh, the brothers and sisters, and, and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. You know, we're purified when we're, when we're being open. When we're walking in the light just as Jesus is in the light. And that's powerful. Um, and two, uh, in, in James 5, it says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, so I think um, God, God wants us to be open with one another. He wants us to have those vulnerable relationships where we're getting open, we're, we're praying for each other, and ultimately we're being, we're being healed. I mean, who doesn't want healing? Uh, in this area of their mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. or whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. So humility is incredibly important. Um, and on this next slide, you know, we, we need others. Right. We definitely need others. This is not this is not a solo game. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You are bound to fall if you're doing this on your own. Uh-huh. Um, but in Proverbs 25, it says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but the one who has insight draws them out. Mm-hmm. You know, we need people in our lives wise people in our lives, godly people in our lives, we're going to see the, see that part of the iceberg that we can't see. They're going to see those roots in our lives, the, the insecurity, the, the control, you know, whatever it is in our lives, and, and be able to point it out, be able to show us these things and, and give us advice and help us to, to repent, you know, to change our ways. Hebrews 3, um, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I mean, this is this is a daily thing. We need to daily um, be encouraging one another. We we need to um, you know daily um, talk to talk to each other. You know, and be open because it. I mean, it you know talks about here like you know sin will sin will harden our hearts. You know, it's it's deceitful. Um, and I I know I'm I'm someone who I talk to a brother or sister at least at least every day. Um, and even then, and Satan's coming after me, you know, trying trying to speak lies into my lies in my mind and, and trip me up. Or I mean, even when I was searching for um, I was uh, searching for pictures for this uh, this PowerPoint, and and I mean, not not even looking for it, you know, Google right. Images just impure image pops up, yeah. right? Um, and so Satan's always on the prowl. Um, so it's it's important that we have one another there to to help each other out, to sharpen each other. Um, and I love the scripture in Second Timothy two. It says, "Flee the evil desires of youth, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart." You know, it's not just enough to to flee the evil desires, just to say no, to deny it, um, to look like a crazy person when you're saying no, you know, no to those impure thoughts. Uh, I've definitely done that before. Uh, but God wants us here. You know, speaking to Paul, He wants us to to not only flee the evil desires like Joseph, but pursue the things of God with others. That's good. You know, we, we've got to be able to do this together. This isn't, like I said, this isn't a solo game. Mm-hmm. And uh, God makes that very clear with the one another scriptures. Um, and so my last point uh, is on hope. Um, hope is incredibly important. Um, we need to have, have hope that we can get through this. And, and you can. You definitely can. Um, I'm speaking from someone who's, who's seen victory uh, for a little bit of time. Um, but I'm sure there are some of you here that have for years 
um, you know, walked walked in victory, walked in victory. So uh, that's encouraging. But it's nice to know, you know, we're not alone. You are not alone. Um, scripture in First Peter five says, "Resist him, the devil, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings." Um, guys, we're not alone. You know, just before this, it talks about um, Satan being a lion. You know, a, a prowling lion. He's going after. He's going after all of us. You know, all of our brothers. Um, I think it's. I think it's in, encouraging to note that yes, you're not. You're not alone. Um, and that that should drive us to to want to talk to one another. To to want to be open and vulnerable and help each other out. Um, you know, the scripture. In, I love the scripture in Psalm 103. Um, it talks about. Well, it says, you know, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. And I I see it as God's God saying here, for those who fear Him, His righteousness will be with our children's children, your grandchildren. Um, you know, if we're, if we're obeying God's word and following Him, and He promises, um, yeah, to essentially to take care of, you know, your your future children, um, and that's that's encouraging to me um, to know that, that God's looking out for the next generation, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, I have a chance and an opportunity uh, to be able to help to help my kids out. You know, God, God willing, one day when I have, you know, hopefully when I have kids, um, you know, I can I can turn around and, and help them from my experience. Hey, this is what what I've experienced. Um, you know, let let me help you. Let me help you with with God's word and um, help you to be pure. You know, because honestly. Um, you know, sometimes I tell people this, I think the one thing, if I could go, go back and tell young Preston, the one thing to stay away from, um, years and years ago would definitely be impurity. I mean, definitely, hands down. I mean, I, I would tell a 10 year old Preston to just stay away from it, to be pure, um, and to fight the good fight. And, and that's what I want to be able to tell my children and grandchildren one day and, and to help them, help them with this battle because it is, it is a battle. Um, and then uh, this this last slide I have here, um, guys, we've got to persevere. We've got to know that the heaven is the, the end goal. Um, in Scripture in Hebrews 12, um, it's just encouragement that says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Guys, I think... And throw throw off these shackles, you know these these things that hinder these this sexual impurity uh, that can drag you down. Fix your eyes on Jesus, um, because he wants us he wants us to fix his eye to fix our eyes on him, you know. But to to run this race, you know, run run the race with the end goal in mind of heaven. Um, and that's what that's what I want to encourage you guys with. Just have that hope um, that that Christ is going to take care of you. Fix your eyes on him. You know, don't run this alone. Understand who you are. And how God sees you, um, and He's going to take care of you. So, that's what I got, guys. Yeah. I really appreciate these brothers coming up in here and, and, and sharing. I know I have my own past in uh, substance abuse uh, and impurity, but I think these guys really did a great job of, of sharing today. But I also want to take a minute here, uh, and, and we may go over a couple of minutes because I think we're running late from one of the other classes, but I, I want to take a minute, even where you're sitting at, because I want to take advantage of the roundtables that we have here. And if you're not sitting at a roundtable, you can just talk to whoever's next to you. Uh, but I want to take uh, the next few minutes 
uh, to first just go around. And, and I would say just be open. And, and, and if, if there's someone at your table uh, or, or if you feel like I, I'm new here and I, I don't know anybody at my table, feel free just to go talk with someone else. Go to my table. Go to your table. Yeah, come talk to Taylor. Come talk to Preston. Um, and definitely talk with him afterwards, too. But I, I want you just to take a moment to share uh, what is one thing that you're, you're struggling with right now. And when I say and when I say share it, I mean be very brief, like poquito, like really short. Um, this is this is this is what I'm struggling with. You might add a little bit of a specificity there, so it's not just uh, all drinking. But okay, is it uh, drinking beer or, or drinking liquor or something like you know what shots? What what is the the specific temptation? Because uh, that can help you maybe hear who else may have that as well. Um, uh, but go ahead and share that, and then once you've made that around, go around and then share what's one best practice. Again, keep it really short, but share one best practice that has helped you in dealing uh, with either alcohol or, or purity addiction. So go ahead and do that, and if you're sitting at a table that has a, a ton of people, maybe one of you should go to one of the tables that doesn't have as many people. Uh, but you guys are adults, go ahead and uh, share this real quick. Thank you.